This is Science 2034. 20 years ago, the Science Coalition was formed to strengthen federal support for basic scientific and engineering research. We tell the stories of what federally funded research has made possible and what will be reality 20 years from now. Our guest today, Leo Chalupa, Vice President for Research at the George Washington University, who predicts that breakthroughs in neurology will restore brain function that had been lost. In the last 10 or 15 years, we've learned more about the brain than we have in all of our previous history. So the progress has been really exponential uh, due to not the fact that people are smarter or harder working, but because of the fact that technologies are now available that were not available before. Uh, some of these have to do with hardware. Uh, uh, so, for example, being able to make miniature circuits, electrodes for stimulating the brain. Some of those are due to uh, other methodological breakthroughs like being able to analyze the resulting data in very sophisticated ways due to high-powered computing methods that couldn't have been done a while ago. Uh, and some of these have been due to the fact that the current research builds on research that was done previously. So, but we have, there's really been an explosion of knowledge. But at the same time, I think it's really important to keep the following fact in mind. The human brain is the most complex entity in a known universe. There's no question about that. It's much more complicated than any computer, much more complicated than any machine we know about, much more complicated than any other organ. So given that complexity, in spite of the fact that we've made this tremendous progress in the last decade or so, today in brain research, where the Wright brothers were in aviation about that time. So... I think in the next 20 years, given the exponential growth in our abilities to do certain kinds of research, the, the increase is going to be phenomenal. What might we be able to do far into the future once we have a fulsome understanding of how the brain operates and how we can manipulate it? Let's say in vision, which is my field of research, we'll be able to restore vision in people who are completely blind. And some of that is already in progress. So today, by implanting electrodes directly into either the retina, which is the part in back of the eye where the uh, receptors are for vision, or into the visual cortex, and having a very tiny camera mounted, for example, on eyeglasses, and that camera, the image of that camera being connected to a computer, which, which could be no larger than a, than a smartphone that the person wears on his or her waist, the image, would be the image would be broken down, transmitted to the computer, and instantaneously the area of the brain or the retina would be stimulated in such a way that the person would then be able to recognize shapes and recognize colors and things of that sort. And what's necessary is are two things, really. One is a better understanding of the circuits of the brain. And uh, as you know, uh, President Obama, a year ago or so, launched the Brain Initiative in which he directed the NIH and other federal agencies to fund brain research. And one of the key aspects of that Brain Initiative is to understand the 
but the circuits in the brain underlying specific types of functions such as vision. So that's one breakthrough, just knowing which circuits need to be activated to restore different types of visual functions because vision is not just a unitary thing. But the other aspect is to have better control of the hardware so one could implant very, very fine electrodes that today we can't do because we don't have the kinds of materials where, so rather than maybe having 100 electrodes or even 1,000 electrodes, you may want to have a million electrodes. It would take at least that number in a given area of the brain to really restore meaningful vision. And we don't have the kind of materials necessary for that. We don't have the ability to uh, decode the visual scene in the detail that needs to be decoded. But I think all that is coming. And I think... Uh, 20 years from now, uh, that's going to happen. So, and it's not going to be just in the visual system. Uh, I think I think movement will be will be uh, able to be restored and other kinds of things. So, brain stimulation is a thing that's happening today. It's being uh, neurosurgeons, as we're speaking right now, probably in the Washington area. There are a dozen operations going on. Where the patients are having are having electrodes implanted in them for all kinds of reasons. Uh, for example, to control Parkinson's, to control depression, and, and many other kinds of things. But these, while they are major advances, are really pretty crude to what to what's going to be done in the years to come. So I'm very optimistic that that technology will improve, and I'm very optimistic that the underlying brain circuits will be much better understood. So the placement of these electrodes will be much more precise than what we can do today, given our current knowledge. The research enterprise in this country took off after the Second World War. The government realized that by funding university research and initially applied research and radar and things like that, they realized that it paid great dividends. And then it became, uh, they also became aware of the fact that there were just these major gaps in our knowledge and that science progresses in ways that can be predicted. So they invested money in just in just trying to understand whether it was in in brain research or in physics or in any other area, just basic principles. And that has led to tremendous dividends because you can't predict what's going to lead to what. And the United States has been a leader in this uh, for at least 50 years, other countries now have put in a lot more money into basic research, into all kinds of research, and their research budgets are growing in double digits while ours are losing ground. And so what's happening now is the smartest people, the smartest researchers, whether they've been in China or India or in Europe or in Africa or wherever, that would flock the United States to our universities to contribute to our research efforts, in many cases now, are not only not coming here, but researchers from here are going to some of these other countries. So, so since about the early 2000s, the NIH budgets, in terms of real money with inflation, we've lost 20%, 20% of our, of our funding for biomedical research has has decreased. Mm. At the same time, China's budget is increasing over 20% a year. So just just think of what's that happening. And and as a result, I think that that people are be going to be looking at some of these other countries which were 
you know, which are our rivals, let's just face it, as the new leaders of the future. And it's, it's, a, it's a very small step from being in a leadership position to suddenly being in a catch-up position. You get to this tipping point where all of a sudden people don't want to go into research because there's no money in it. They don't want to go into research because it's virtually impossible to get a grant. They don't want to get research because there's no security in it. And they start looking at other countries. They say, well, let me go to Europe. Let me go to Israel. Let me go to China. Let me go to, to, to India. And when that kind of efflux happens, that you can get the tipping point where all of a sudden we're going to become second rate. The best and the brightest will go abroad. And that is not a good thing, not just for research, as I said, but for the status of the United States of America and the world. It would be a tragedy because we used a particular kind of paradigm to achieve going to the moon, breakthroughs in brain research, breakthroughs in astrophysics, breakthroughs, you just name it, in all areas of medicine. We could lose that priority very, very rapidly. And this is something I think that the American public has to be aware of. Everybody supports research. Everybody, you know, you ask the average person, the support is very high, but the will is not there to fund it. And it's not just a matter of getting knowledge. It's not just a matter of getting breakthroughs. It's not just a matter of making progress in curing disease. It's a matter of national security. I firmly believe that. Dr. Leo Chalupa, thank you for joining us on Science 2034.